Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with a mental illness and to normalize the mental health conversation. So happy Monday. As you all maybe can hear, I'm a little nasally I'm coming down with a little cold, but that is quite all right. I want to actually send a huge, huge uh, thank you to, I've been asking, can you leave a review? Can you leave a review? And a few of you have. So thank you so much. So I want to shout out um, Lavanda. She said, I don't recall how I came across this podcast, but I'm so glad I did. It is an awesome mental health resource for survivors as well as caregivers. The transparency that is shown from Kia and her guest is very needed and appreciated. Thank you, Kia, for being open and continuing to spread mental health awareness. Thank you. Thank you so much, LaVonda. And I believe LaVonda is the one who got the iPhone case. I need to reach out to you to see if you actually got the case because I did mail it. So thank you so much for leaving your reviews. Um, You all, if you want your review read, I encourage you to leave one. The When you leave the reviews, it makes it um, easier for other people. So if they're looking for podcasts to listen to, they can read the reviews to see if it's something for them. Um, and then also the more ratings and reviews that we get, the higher we go up on, especially the Apple podcast chart. So I just want to encourage y'all to share the podcast, leave your reviews. If you have any ideas or topics or what you want me to talk about, please feel free to um, email me, Kia at FireflyesUnite.com. I also wanted to share with you all that I will leave the link in the show notes. I was interviewed on my favorite personal finance podcast, Patrice Washington. Her podcast is The Redefining Wealth. She was a former guest, and I'll also leave the link to her episode that she did on uh, my podcast. But Patrice Washington is amazing because when you think of personal finance, you often probably think of like credits and budgets and savings and all of that stuff. But she takes a whole nother approach and she and she talks about financial psychology where she talks about the connection that we have or the relationship that we have with money, how it's tied to our mental health. A lot of times we don't realize that the reason why we mismanage money or why we have a hard time saving is because we are sometimes spending money to fill voids. Um, And so she talks about these um, pillars that she has. And I spoke to the fit pillar and the fit pillar talks about not just being physically fit, but mentally fit. 
So I shared my story. I love her podcast. I love everything that she's doing. She's like a great mentor to me. We connected on Twitter and she has been supporting me and I just love Patrice. She's amazing. So I want y'all to check that interview out and check her podcast out. She's super dope. I've heard her speak. She's a phenomenal speaker and I'm pretty sure you'll love her podcast. She has great interviews and you would never know how your finances and the relationship that you have with money is connected to your mental health. Because again, so many of us use money um, to purchase material things to help us fill voids um, in our lives or sometimes have issues with spending money because we never had money. So we want to hold on to it because we don't know when the next time we're going to get money. So really talking about that relationship that we have with money is Patrice is just is more and more people are talking about financial psychology. They even have like financial um therapists. Um it's actually becoming more and more popular and people are and studies are showing um the connection the that finances actually have to your mental health more than we may think. So yeah, I just wanted to drop that nugget in there. I want to send a huge thank you to um, Asia Rodriguez of uh, Zola Counseling. So y'all know I'm not on social media, but I got on social media because I was checking my DMs because I was getting notifications for via my email about people reaching out to me about speaking opportunities and I didn't want to turn those down. So I had logged on to social media just so I could check um, those DMs really quick. And so I happened to see that Asia gave me a shout out for giving her a shout out on the podcast. Um, Asia, I don't know if you listened to the podcast. Maybe someone told you that you were a shout out on this week's podcast. I don't know. But just thank you for acknowledging that I shouted you out. Um, that was a, a listener who encouraged me to get back to the therapist shout outs, which I think are very important because we do have listeners from all over the country, a few people outside of the country who may be looking for a therapist, um, especially a therapist of color, because sometimes people do prefer to work with someone of color, someone who looks like them. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that I that I saw that and I was like, wow, that's super dope. So yeah, she was our therapist shout out for last week. So thank you so much, Asia, for giving me a shout out. So on this week's episode, I'm not going to be before y'all too long. We're going to get right into it. So on today's episode, you guys, we are going to speak about depression. And the reason being, I want to talk about this because a lot of times I hear people, of course, using depression as a synonym for sadness or even a synonym for disappointment. Um... One of the things that I've learned when I was in the hospital, they gave us a feelings chart and that chart has so many feelings. I can't even begin to tell you how many emotions, I'm sorry, what was on that chart. And what it really helped me to do is accurately be able to explain what I'm feeling and actually understanding what those words actually mean. So... Uh, Y'all know I have an episode on the difference between sadness and depression, and I'll include that in the show notes. But as we know, depression is a very real and chronic and paralyzing and crippling illness. And understanding um, 
depression can really help to save someone's life. So here's some things that I want us to be mindful of. Depression doesn't always need a reason. And I often say that, especially on the podcast and when I'm speaking, I want people to understand that sometimes depression doesn't have a reason, like maybe someone lost a job or went through a divorce or a close friend passed away, something like that. But with clinical depression, um, there doesn't necessarily have to be a reason for how to feel a reason to explain the way that we're feeling is great when we can point it out and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going through a depression. I'm feeling depressed because my mom passed away or because of something that's going on. But the thing is there are chemicals in the brain that are responsible for our mood. And when they're out of balance, it causes us to feel bad. So that's something that I often want to note because a lot of times people just assume that, you know, if you don't have a reason. So that means to say that everything could be going right in someone's life and they still feel depressed. So there are many things that can cause a depression. And we already know that, you know, life events and trauma and high levels of stress can definitely contribute to a depression. But there are underlying things too, such as genetics and um, environmental factors, which can also be triggers for it. So also having a parent or a grandparent doubles your risk of depression, which is interesting because both of my parents battled with it. Um, So suggesting, um, so that's why they say genetics is also a huge role in developing depression. Um, And the rates of depression are also higher for those who have a history of substance use. So they say that roughly 30% of people who misuse drugs and alcohol is actually battling from depression or suffering from depression. And other things are linked to it in the, like I said, it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. So those things can be hormones, seasonal changes, stress, and trauma. So when we talk about brain chemistry and imbalances, depression is linked to an imbalance in neurotransmitters that actually impact our mood regulation. So that those things are dopamine, which we talked briefly about last week, and we had an entire episode on dopamine. Um, also serotonin, which is the one, the big one that's constantly talked about, and norepinephrine. And the theory is that having too much or too little of these neurotransmitters can cause or contribute to a depression. So it could also be a, a fluctuation in your hormones. So that could be during your pregnancy or um, menstruation or menopause or sometimes thyroid issues can cause depression as well too. Also, seasonal changes. So sometimes um, there is a mood disorder called um, seasonal affective disorder, which is caused by typically it's a reduction, a reduction, sorry, in sunlight that causes declining levels of serotonin in the brain. So we know that serotonin is like the feel good chemical in the brain. And a change in season. So a lot of times there are people who, especially during the winter months, since it gets darker earlier, we don't have as much sunlight. They There are people who just go through a depression just in the winter months. 
And for other people, it could be the summer months or fall, but they find that it's very common for people to go through a depression during the winter months when there's not as much sunlight and there's also a disruption in the sleep and someone's sleep pattern. So that can cause, um, contribute to depression as well too. So seasonal changes, that's also, and we know of course, stress and trauma. So we know all of that, a job loss divorce, a big transition, chronic stress. And when your body is undergoing a lot of stress, I don't, I think people underestimate the impact of stress and what it can do to your body. Maybe we should have an episode just on stress because I don't think people realize how stress literally leads to so much stuff like a heart attack, a stroke. But the thing is with high levels of stress, uh, cortisol, um, it's a chemical researchers, sorry. So there's, there's research that suggests that high levels of a hormone called cortisol, um, that is, um, released when you have high levels of stress. So your body is basically like constantly shooting out this chemical and it affects your, um, serotonin level, and that can also contribute to depression as well. Um, again, I've talked about this all the time. I do my best because I want people to know it's okay to feel sad and it's also okay to go through a depression, but I also want people to be able to actually identify and understand what the difference is between the two because they're not to, they're not the same. So depression is more than just sadness. Sadness is a part of being human and it's a natural reaction to painful things that happen in our lives. Like it is okay to be sad. All of us will experience sadness at some point if we have not already done so. Um, however, depression is is also a physical illness with many more symptoms than just being unhappy. I've talked about it before how sometimes I haven't even been I haven't felt any sadness. I've been in such a terrible depression that I've I've been numb. I didn't even know wasn't feeling anything. And so with when sadness can with the thing is though sadness if you know can turn into depression. So but it's more than just an unhappy mood. It's a persistent feeling of sadness or an empty mood. It's feeling irritable and restless. It's a um, feeling anxious or hopeless and or um, helpless. It's a loss of interest in activities you used to enjoy. It's a decrease in your sex drive. It's low energy um, and constantly feeling fatigue. It's sleeping too much or sleeping too little. It's having a hard time remembering things and concentrating and having a difficult time to make decisions. It's a change in your appetite. So you're eating too much or eating too little um, or changing your weight. You're gaining weight uh, rapidly or you're losing weight rapidly. It's your sleep patterns, not being able to sleep at all or sleeping too much. Um, and so you see, it's like, and, and even to even be diagnosed with depression, you have to be experiencing a combination of everything that I just listed for a minimum of two weeks. So if it's just two days a week, it's not even, it wouldn't even be considered a depression. So that's another thing. 
So I just wanted to um, to speak to that. And also, it's important to note that children are not immune to be um, to experiencing depression. So if you're a parent listening, please be sure to validate what your children are going through. Don't think just because your child has a roof over their head, they have friends, they are you do the best that you can, and you give them everything that they need, and even the things that they want that they can't possibly be going through a depression. It's important to know that children can also suffer from depression. And I've stated before that I started experiencing at 11 or 12 years old. Um, and so it's I just want uh, especially parents to know that because a lot of times people think childhood should be joyful and carefree. And while children don't necessarily experience the same problems as adults do, like financial stress and work stress and being a parent, that doesn't mean that they can't experience depression. Childhood can bring on a unique set of things such as bullying and the, the struggles and the pressures of peer pressure and to be accepted. So it's important that parents note that Children can also develop depression, and just because they don't experience the things that we experience doesn't mean that it's not real for them. Of course, I often say this, depression is a very real illness, and we know that because that's what I've been talking about. That's what I live with. That's what my diagnosis is. Um, So I often tell myself it's not a character flaw. It doesn't mean I'm weak. It doesn't mean I'm crazy, you know, because y'all know with being back on my medication, I have felt like it was a character flaw. Depression is a very real illness, you guys. And it's important to understand that when we talk about the things and I want to make sure, I guess I should uh, define what these, um, these chemicals are because I often talk about them all the time, but I don't actually, uh, I don't know if I actually gave those definitions. So those chemicals that we often talk about, norepherin, is what makes your heart rate and your blood pressure soar during fight or flight or freeze during those stressful times. So those are, that's your body's natural response to how you react to stress in your body. So norepherin, again, is what makes your heart rate and blood pressure soar during that flight, flight, or freeze response during a, um, a stressful time. Um, serotonin, we know, is that feel-good chemical that helps to regulate your mood, and it plays a role in your overall sense of well-being. That's the most commonly uh, brain chemical that's associated when we talk about depression is serotonin. And then, of course, dopamine is it helps to regulate your emotion, your memory, your thinking, your motivation, and your reward. So we talked a little bit about dopamine last week and y'all know I've had an entire episode on dopamine um, called The Molecule of More. So I've left that in the show notes last week. So you can check that out if you um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode and you can click that link in the show notes. But I guess I can just leave it here too for you guys if you want to learn more about dopamine. But yes, those are the... Um, the chemicals that are often associated with depression. And we know that depression is treatable. You know, you we don't have to suffer if we live with depression. There are so many effective treatment options that are available, including medication, psychotherapy, and there are new treatments being developed all the time. So if one doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that you, you know, you stop there and you give up. 
You know, therapy is great, whether it's individual, group, or family, or couples counseling. There are so many different um, studies of different methods that work, such as CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. There's um, interpersonal therapy. There's social skills therapy. There's supportive counseling, behavioral um, activation, problem-solving therapy, medication, there's so many different things. And also, I will leave the um, one of the articles that I'm referring to in the show notes. So, let's bring on the fireflies as we get into our self-care segment. So, we were talking about depression. And the thing is, what I want to encourage people to do as well, if you're experiencing depression, is... To not just only think that you have to take your medication and go to therapy. Those things are great. And if you're doing both of those or one or the other, please continue to do that. But I also want to encourage you to think about the diet, your diet. And I don't mean go on a diet. I mean your diet is in what you what you eat. Your diet is, yeah, what you eat. You can have a poor diet or a healthy diet. And so there's no cure diet for depression, but there are certain foods that you can eat and avoid that play a major role in your mood and your emotion regulation. So for instance, like processed foods, alcohol, caffeine, sugar, refined grains, those things can all impact your mood and make it worse if you especially if you eat a lot of those things but if you have things that are like fruits and vegetables um things that are like lean meats those things can help to boost your mood and of course y'all already know we've talked about this on a few episodes exercise a good workout can lift your mood it increases your ability to handle stress and it reduces the symptoms of depression especially combined with, you know, medication and therapy. Um, and of course, the type of exercise you do that depends on your uh, your fitness level. But that can be anything such as aerobics, walking, dancing, an elliptical, yoga, cycling, swimming, like all those things. So I want you to encourage you to consider those things when we're talking about for this self-care segment, thinking about oh, what are other things that I could do? Because again, it's a lifestyle change. Um, And also managing your stress. So stress, we know, can also bring on depression. So it's important that we have healthy ways to manage our stress and doing having things like good nutrition, regular exercise and regular exercise and proper sleep, um, meditation, all those things help to reduce stress. That's why I'm very adamant on going to bed at the same time every day because y'all know I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go work out. So I had a moment where uh, where it was like a week and a half where I stopped working out because, of course, I was in a depression and, you know, slowly starting to come out of, of, out of it and kind of making my way. But I've been working out consistently for almost a year and I do see a huge difference. Of course, that does not mean it's going to cure my depression. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm done I am saying that it helps to manage my stress. I am productive. I do sleep better and I put myself on a on a 
pretty good sleep routine. Um, Y'all know I talk about my whole little regimen before I go to sleep when we talk about sleep hygiene. Um, So it's important that we incorporate things in our lives that can help us to manage our stress, stress, whether that's a, a support group, whatever you need to do to help you manage your stress. It is important that we do those things that we consider a lifestyle and a holistic approach when we talk about managing our depression. So that's what I wanted to talk to you all about on this week's episode. So the therapist shout out for this week is Dr. Christina Daniels, and she is based in New York, New York. I found her profile on therapy for blackmen.org, which is a great resource, by the way. Um, I That's where I found her profile. So I'll be sure to leave her um, her profile in the show notes so that if you're in New York and you're looking for a therapist, that you can actually reach out to her. So again, our therapist shout out is Dr. Christina Daniels, who's based in New York. That's all for today's episode. I hope that you all got something out of it and that it gave you some more insight to depression. I do my best to really try to connect the dots for mental health. I truly do want us to see how literally everything impacts our mental health. Um, I've always talked about how we all have mental health and mental health and mental illness are not the same things. So we have an episode on that, and I will make sure that I do my best to bring it up more often, especially for new listeners. So shout out to any new listeners. Thank you so much for joining uh, the Fireflies Unite family. And if you enjoy this podcast, let me know what you think, y'all. I'm always open to feedback. I'm always trying to improve the podcast. I want to grow the podcast. I want us to have a huge community of fireflies across the world of us talking about mental health and being able to support each other and to provide each other with resources. So thank you so much again for listening. You all have a very blessed week and I will talk to you all next week. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.